So it's, it's one of those things that you never really stop. <laughs> you just always have to kind of get over that hump. I don't think it, I don't think it goes away. And that's something that I'm planning on potentially talking about in the next book is that we're obsessed with like, we're, OC, we're getting more OCD and it's becoming a problem where it's taking the creativity out of it. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back on another episode of the Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. I'm super excited about our guest today. Today's episode is brought to you by the Moved 30 Entrepreneurial Transformational Program that gets you into momentum. You can check it out at movedmovd30.com. My man, Mikey Lucas, the first person to be the second time on as a guest with Moved Entrepreneurial Evolved Podcast. What's up, buddy? What's up, my guy? Appreciate you having me back. Dude, I'm so pumped. And I'm going to just lay this out because I read it. And he says, I inspire people to live a, uh, to <laughs> live a life on purpose for purpose. I butchered it, but all of your stuff, you do so well. And I was going to actually just see if I can do one of your TikToks here. So I thought it was really good. Dude, let's dive right into that, brother. What is it about hide suckle, hide suck, side hustles? Get that out. Side hustles and hacks. What, what's up with all that going on, man? I don't know. I just I found a I found like a something that something that kept me excited and inspired and like wanting. I'm a hunter at nature, I, I believe. Um, I, I like to see I like to see trends. I like to I look for trends. Um, and I'm really big into like getting not free stuff, but like, I don't, I, my, my mentor Cole Hatter is always like, I don't care how, how rich you are, rich people. I don't care how rich you are. Everybody likes free stuff. So I just, I took, when I, when somebody told me you can fly to Europe for free for just spending what you normally spend on the gro at the grocery store and like your gas and all that stuff, and you can get points to fly to Europe. I was like, I want to fly to France and Italy for free what? And then I realized like getting into the deep, dark, you know, internet hole of like finding out all this stuff. I was like, well, my credit sucks. So how do I get points if my credit sucks? And then it led me into like, how do I fix my credit? How do I get myself out of this hole? And how do I know about money, which has got me on this like kick of like teaching people how to retire in two to three years or you know, how, how, how do you do that? So I've, I've, I got really, really focused and hyper-focused on fixing the money game and getting really, really good at it. Um, it's rigged. It's a system. It's like anything else. If you do at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you're going to, you're going to get, become successful. If you do one cat, dog, fish, you know, plain, you know, you know, grass eight, you're not going to get the yeah. result that you want. So with this okay. whole hacking thing, um, I, I knew that I had to understand the game of credit, the game of debt and understand 
why? So I didn't make the same mistakes that people did in the past. Like, you know, everyone lost all their houses in 2008 or whatever. And well, why did they do that? No one really asks why they just, but now today, currently 2022, people are pushing real estate. And I personally think it's going to explode. Like I get it. I know not right now, not tomorrow, but I, I, I understand there's a, there's a, there's a, a lack of real estate. Right. But like, I'm a huge proponent of staying away from real estate right now. I'm, I'm not a big real estate guy right now. Um, you know, is there home run and, and grand slam deals out there? There is, but if it's not grand slam deals, I'm not touching real estate, but I got into hacking the system and hacking money, you know, really, really tough a few years ago, probably four years ago when I realized, and I read a book called, um, tax-free wealth, when I realized that I could, I could stop, stop sending the, the government multiple six figures and redirect that toward cash flowing assets to now where I have over five figures a month coming from passive income of money that I literally would have just given to the government. And, I, and people don't know that. They, they are like afraid, Jason. They, they think they have to give the government money. They have to say they only make $40,000 a year, so they don't pay taxes. It's like, no, like you should fire your CPA. They suck. Like, you know, your CPA stands for can't protect your assets. Like can't protect your assets. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. I don't know yeah. if I've heard that. CPA you can't, you can't get it. protect your assets. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I got, wow. I got really big in that and I wanted to get free stuff and fly to fly to my, it really sparked from wanting to fly to Europe for free. So after doing that, I was like, wow, like I can go. Isn't and buy. that funny? It's, it's funny. That just kind of goes back to like marketing, right? It, it didn't have to do with the thing. It ended up with this final destination. You told yourself, yes, oh, if, I, if I can go to this and, and I'm going to enjoy my congratulations on getting uh, engaged, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. So getting engaged, probably like, man, I could take my, my new wife all over and trying to find yep. these little hacks to do it and something for free, then took you down this other trail. Yes. I thought I um, would also set the stage because I think we'll talk a little bit about this, but um, you started a lot of your uh, journey in door-to-door -door sales. Um, we've talked a little bit about that. Anybody wants to know more about Mikey's story, you can go back and look at another podcast episode we have here on Moved. But I thought I'd just kind of, kind of go back into that a little bit of where you started just on that framework because we had a discussion the other day and, and you were talking about you are working with people now to give them that framework of and you talk about it in solar and door to door, and then using that framework as a baseline to then build wealth. Yeah. And so I was interested in the story of what kind of brought you to that next stage, but it'd be great to give a little bit of that foundation of door to door sales as well. Sure. So door to door sales was the absolute hardest thing. I'm talking like I played three sports in high school, was in dance shows, theater, uh, theater shows. Like I, I never had a day. There was never one day or weekend off that I had. I, again, th back to back to back sports in between that asking coaches to, you know, run extra so I can go to my dance show or to my theater or my musical show. Like I had a very structured day going up, growing up. It was not even close to how hard it was in door-to-door -door sales. Door-to-door -door sales, I then learned what got me very successful in door-to-door -door sales was one, the first thing was believing your product. Then two, do it out of service for the customer. Like if that, if you can't actually serve their family, go to the next home, like there's an abundance of people that need to buy from you. And then three, treating it like a sport. I look at door-to-door -door sales like it was baseball or like it was football. I had to, like Jason, you can't personally take batting, batting, uh, uh, hacks in, in a batting cage for me. 
I have to personally take those hacks for myself. I have to get in the cage and hit a couple buckets of balls. I have to go throw a bullpen. I, I, you can't run sprints for me. This is not mm-hmm. a collective. We do this mm-hmm. as a team thing. This is a, I have to do the self, the things myself. I have to do the extra stretching, do the extra, you know, sprinting, all that stuff. You get that point. I, I then realized that in business, that if, if I can, that that was really the, the thing that distinguishes me, distinguished and separated me was I was getting a five-year advantage and a 10-year advantage, which I talk in my book. Um, I, I, I got, I was given a five-year advantage because I was just taking it like a sport, like business is like a sport. And I mean, like, really, you don't have to do that much more. We think not only that, but I was also able to stay hyper-focused. Like I wasn't trying to go and I wasn't trying to go and like get into real estate, then get into online marketing and do, you know, Amazon, then do wholesaling. No, I was, I'm going to burn the boats. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to get very, very good at it. I'm going to spend 10,000 hours doing it. And yes, it's going to suck. Yes, I'm going to not be good at it. You know, because people have this like ego thing in their way. Like if they're not great at, great at it, they don't want to do it. So they, they downgrade themselves. Mm-hmm. And then to go into another smaller pond or fit or, or, or river, you know, or lake, whatever, so that they can feel like they're good. Instead of being like, man, like I want to be challenged. I want to be yelled at. I want to be told that I suck. Like, you know, that is a difference. And that's kind of how my, it's a really, that's a really good point. And I thought, I think one of the things, two things that come up with that one is you had said that you were going door to door. And this is something interesting in shift. You said, if I can go to the door and give value, 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 there's an old saying that used to kind of brought up because I think door to door is pretty savage too. Right. I mean, it's door to door is close to car sales. It's there's a dog world, you know, but one thing I thought was super cool that you just said, and maybe this is now, heavily in training, but there, you said, if I can bring them value, then I'm going to stay and help them out. Yeah. hundred percent compared to what buyers or liars stay right. and close them. And that, right. that, I thought that was interesting. And, and I'm sure you're, you've heard that as well. Have you had to train people out of that? Yeah. They, they, they say, I've heard the, the, the common word of, or the common saying that Mikey is a, Mikey's the greatest salesman. Mikey's the greatest marketer. You can sell, you could sell ice to an Eskimo. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I told you this on the last podcast, but I was like, no, no, no. I, I don't want to sell ice to an Eskimo. I think that's immoral. I don't think you should be selling ice to an Eskimo. I think that's, I think it's wrong. So yeah, I have to train people out of that because again, if you don't have a service, service heart and a service attitude, like you, you're going to be limited. You're going to think that people don't want to buy from you. No, people want to buy from me because I deliver what I say I'm going to do. And then I over-deliver. I think another thing too, for people that, because even in business as well, you might have salespeople and things like that. But the thing that you had said that makes it a sport, I thought that was kind of interesting as well, is that there's also an unemotional action that happens with that. Yeah. Where when you're actually going door to door, sometimes when the, most of the time when somebody's not going to buy it from you, they're going to slam the door. They really aren't your avatar. So convincing them is literally trying to sell them something they don't want. And in that avenue, you really aren't bringing them value. And that's not easy from people that come from the closer mentality. Correct. Yeah, to touch on that really quickly, I, I know that personal development, self-mastery, like on the doors, in the hood, we call hood like the territory that we're in, in hood, in the territory that we're in, like you have to have like that like men in black, like amnesia or whatever it's called, like, like you, you, you literally forget about what happened. Easy to say and easy to teach in front of a group of guys of a hundred, but hard to do actually in practicality when 
you just got your ass kicked for three hours in a row. So at the end of the day, what was the actual tangible things that I did was I literally would tell myself, they must have bad credit. They're not my ideal client. I can't help them today. Maybe when they fix their credit in six months, I can go back and help them. I'll find out. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that to demeanor them or like to diminish them or to lower them, but anybody that would buy my product had to have, again, that my avatar had to have decent credit over 650 credit score and had to have a power bill over hundred dollars. So like that, or I would say they must not use any power. They must literally be using like $3 in power because they can't afford it. That's not my problem. They have to fix that. Then I'll come back and help them. Maybe when they buy an electric car or whatever, I'll come back and serve them. It wasn't to, it wasn't to talk crap on them. It was just, I had to mentally say, that's not my ideal client. Keep moving forward. Then, then Jason, where's the middle ground between just being like, oh, they said no. So I just, you know, I just, everyone says no. So I just keep on going to the next one. Yeah. Someone's going to lay down and say, sell me, you know, an $80,000 source system the first day I met you. No, that doesn't happen. You still have to understand that certain, that yes, buyers are liars usually, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to say yes right off the bat. So there's a, there's a, there's not a fine line. There's just a, it's an art. It's a sport. There's an art to understanding if, if it's, if it's a true objection or if it's just a smoke screen, and then you go into the sales side of that and you can understand if somebody's really not, and then guess what? Follow-up. Most guys don't do follow-up. I follow up like crazy. I'm staying in your hood, bro. Like you're going to know me as a guy that's installing seven, eight houses. Not only that, then the last thing on this was in marketing specifically and specifically in one neighborhood or one city, like let's just say a, a small block of a mile by a mile. I only needed of about, if let's just say if a neighbor had a hundred people in it, I only wanted and was looking for like three to four people. Once I got three to four people, I would bounce to the next neighborhood over. And then I get three or four people again. Most people, they'll just get one person and they'll go to the next one. Like, no, like you don't, you, there's no possible way for you to talk to each person within a week. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. So these guys are just literally, they're just combing through neighborhoods and they're not mm-hmm. picking up great prospects that end up then being a great referral partner for you. And they end up telling the whole neighborhood about you. I know that there's an HOA president or there's a, you know, the team mom or whatever that's there. That's going to, that's another positive side. I'm looking for the team mom or the HOA president. That's going to, that's going to be exciting, inspiring to to want to give me business. I'm looking for that. Yeah. You, you they become the, uh, well, for lack of a word, they become your floor. (laughs) Absolutely. Correct. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it, if, if, if it's not, then, you know, maybe they're not, but yeah, I, it was very hard practically on how to not get discouraged every single day. And it was, it's discouraging being out door knocking. I mean, I literally look at door to door people as like Navy seals of salespeople. Like we are the least lazy, like we're out there in the middle of the summer, knocking on doors in the rain, in the snow. Like we are the least lazy of all, of all salespeople. Personally, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my experience is in that I've seen that. Um, I think that like real estate agents, a lot of times are, are lazy. Now I'm not saying every door to door guys, not, not lazy. There's a lot of lazy door to door guys. Well, they all are. It's just the guy like you that encourages them to keep going as well. Which, which goes back to hundred percent, which goes back to, I show them how to have the mental mm-hmm. capacity to do that. And then how to have an end goal and showing me how to tire in two to three years. Because if you try to retire two or three years, getting told no a bunch of times and going and actually being encouraged to, to take more swings in the batting cage after practice is, and after the game is more encouraging. She's like, if I just take 10,000 swings, I'll make $10,000 a month in, 10, in five years from now. I just start yeah. swinging. Well, I think um, one of the things that could be talked about is that <clears throat> this is kind of a case of, 
you're also, we can transition to that. You also, we can plug your book. The first one and get a little plug there. Yeah. How's that going, man? I know it's going we really good. I, um, yeah. I'm a, so, I'm, I'm a fan. I was going to say a cheerleader real quick. I just, I, I'm going to retract that. I'm not going to edit it because that's, I said it, sure. but I'm going to say a fan. Okay. Appreciate so when, that. <laughs> so dude, so th- th- when it's when really- came out, I was like, I'm, I'm going to help my boy, Mikey. I got to get this out dog. Like you're a great dude, man. So Appreciate how did it, it go? It, it was, it was a journey that I, I've never experienced and yeah. it went terrible, like absolutely terrible for like the first six months. Like it, they, their first company told me they were going to get it out within like 30 to 60 days or 60 to 90 days, rather within three months, literally they're going to write the whole book, help, like interview me, help me ghost write the book. And then it was going to be great. And it's going to be out in 90 days, Amazon bestseller, New York times bestseller is me. Great. And the company completely exploded. And then I went to another company and basically the same thing happened. I was like, Hey, here's my experience with this other company. Um, I'm very easy to please. Here's just my expectations. Are you guys able to do that? And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to do that. Plus all this. Boom, failed again. And now I'm starting to look like an idiot because I'm the one that said, hey, my book's going to be out in 30 days, 60 days, go pre-order. I got all these pre-orders. You have social now. pressure. You have social yeah, pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but luckily, luckily, I, I had a good, a good team on my side and they're like, well, give them something now. So I started giving them like a chapter, a chapter a week, a chapter a month kind of concept. And then I would start giving them like, hey, like, uh, you know, it, in the meantime, in, in the interim, I'll give you some free courses or free seminars or free calls, right? So um, that that went really well. I was able to like kind of backtrack and actually still feel, make few. And it, again, it's a $15 book, $20 book. So it's not like yeah. people are like really freaking out about it. But I felt bad. I'm like, dude, like I told you I was going to deliver you a book in 30 to 60 days. And I didn't do that. Yeah. But now it's, it is, it is set to release. Um, you can order pre, pre-order it right now on Amazon, the ebook and the hard copy on Amazon on uh on the 30th of this month it'll actually be released and then i'm assuming i I think within a week or two after that amazon it's the whole like you you do it through amazon kdp kindle direct publishing um and uh yeah you basically you basically write the book and i used a a ghostwriter to help me write it and uh they just compiled a bunch of interviews and podcasts that i've done and then you have to go back and throw it against the wall and tear it up and say this sucks and then go rewrite it. And, and that's what it's been. It's, it's not been easy, but I'm already on the pro- I'm in process right now of writing my second book. Um, it's, it's the journey of from drugs to riches, basically of, of how, how I may, how we live in this like opioid and opioid and drug, not opioid and in the drug side, and then a dopamine centered mm-hmm. generation. And how do we get out of that? How does, how do I encourage uh, moms and dads to not talk their not talk down to their their children when they're addicted to something, right? And then mm-hmm. how do how do I help an addicted son and daughter or mother and father? How do I get them and help them be excited and inspired about their future? Because a lot of times the drug or the opioid, I'm sorry, the drug or the opioid or the dopamine is the is the reaction to something else that's bigger there. So helping people uncover that and actually how to step-by-step step get out of that uh, practical and, 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 and showing people I've been sober now for 10 years or nine, nine and a half years or 10, almost 10 years now. So it's like, how, how did I do that? I just, I'm going to tell people how I did it. And it wasn't easy. Um, yeah. But I, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged about the book. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited, man. I mean, last one, we just talked, we were talking about you like, okay, I release this. And then we just talked literally go, yeah, well, the thing is <laughs> they always get you to write another one. I didn't know about that. And I thought that was like, what was that? Um, Cause I think other people can get a lot of value this cause you're in that journey and you're encouraging me. I, I 
spoke with you a little. I said, Hey, I'm going to write this book. And you even encouraged me. You said, Jason, why are you waiting so long? So, yeah, don't wait. you know, when, when you do it though, and you, br- when you break down writing a book, it's, it's, yes, it's a lot of work, but there's a lot of people that can work that framework for you from what yeah. I'm gathering. Yeah. There, how did you feel about ghostwriter? This is an interesting conversation. It's almost like finding out, um, uh, when you find out that, uh, like, um, what's his name? Um, shoot. Saki? No, um, just musicians. A lot of them find ghostwriting. Oh, yeah. Like Jason Aldean. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. Jason Aldean, all these guys. Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki, these guys all do ghostwriting. They, they buy stuff. My cousin, yeah, and writes, and- my cousin writes for like Selena Gomez. I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, that, well, that's the thing. You sit back and you go, wait a minute here. This isn't, you know, Britney Spears has so many back ghost writers, you know, and you have yeah, all these things and you yeah. look back and you're like, wait a minute, this pulling back to the very first video that you had is this is a game. Yeah. Because people are not playing it correctly. They think it's, they, they're, and unfortunately, they just have like the wool or the, 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 the drape over their head. They think the system is the way that the system is because that is what America has done. America has brought it us to a point where we are, you know, we're out here, at, we're a consumer generation. We're, cons- we're all about consuming. So they get you to think that you can't do stuff yourself. That's why this whole like DIY thing has been a big hit in the last early mm-hmm. in, the, in the 2000s. You know, like the DIY, it's like, well, do it yourself. Well, like, you know, wh- why, why pay somebody a bunch of money when you can do it yourself? Um, and I'm not saying don't pay money because I definitely pay a lot of people a lot of money to do stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's time, right? Time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, my, my experience in the, in the book thing has been, has been, it's almost like, almost like dating almost, right? So there's been a couple of times where I'm like, this person does not get business at all. Um, they can't talk in my language. And I've had to, and I'm okay with that. It's like anything else, like, you know, it's the same thing as when I, uh, I, I'm training a person up in my business and I'm getting them to, to teach in front of our, our office. Well, if I don't get them to teach in front of the office and I can help them to see what the office and where the direction we're going with the vision that we have, like if they don't start, I, don't, I can't help them. So it's the same thing, like, you know, in, in ghostwriting, I had to go through a few ghostwriters to get to that point where this person understands my language. Um, and then from there, you just go back through and instead of saying, I don't know, cool you say sweet yeah. or instead of saying radical <laughs> it's that simple yeah that you might not have oh, said yeah. that yeah that was freaking on fire that was you know that was that was you know or like you know oh yeah bet i'll be right there no i would say awesome i'll be right there you're right? not going to so say like, cap or something like that yeah yeah it's just it's just <laughs> lingo. it's a it's a what it's is personal it? lingo yeah, yeah. personal lingo Swag. dialect of when they see you, swag. you know yeah your own swagger let's put it that that's your swag you know <laughs> so you've used um door-to-door as your foundation from everything that I've, I've kind of gotten from you and so that that basically is kind of like your labor into cash yeah and then what you've transitioned and make sure we get this right to pull it from here is that you've transitioned from going from um, here's the foundation cash. Now here's the things you do with your cash. I just got done. I was like to do my homework. You were actually just on your last um, story and you were talking about your, you were doing an investment right now. Yeah. And maybe you can share with that kind of what's going on with that a little bit. Cause you also, I thought something else would be cool to chat about is um, I watched some of your stuff on Toro as well. So I was kind of curious to, to kind of go through those two, which would be um, very beneficial as well. Sure. So the first thing is there is that I was looking for, I was personally looking to reach my goals, which was to retire my mom. 
then to be able to then to be able to 10x what I'm spending in my personal income and give that over to a specific organization, which is an overseas mission group that I wanted to do that monthly. To be able to do that, I also wanted, and, and on top of that, then also pay for my personal expenses too. So to have that, that's what really, really, really motivated me was not just to retire, sit on a beach, drink a mimosa. It was retire mom, give back a ton, then retire myself. Um, and I had to get creative and find out, you know, what the game was and how to play this and how to mitigate taxes and, you know, how to mitigate risk and stuff like that, how to have a good risk portfolio. Um, so I've got my, I've got my, I mean, you know, I, I've got my hands in a lot of different businesses. I've got, you know, 23 franchises. I've had a, a very successful six figure Turo business, um, you know, which is Turo is a, is a basically Airbnb for uh, rental cars. Like I'm basically mm-hmm. a small enterprise uh, enterprise rental car. Right. Um, I've got, uh, I've got tons of cryptocurrency. I've been mining Bitcoin since 2017. Like, um, I've got a bunch of cryptocurrency, but then the main thing was how do I not pay taxes to the government and partner with them, take out the silent partner, which is the government, uncle Sam, um, and, and redirect the money into cash flowing assets. And that was, I didn't want to do real estate. So I found other things like alternative energy, oil and gas, so renewable, solar, wind, hydro, and oil and gas. And that's what I just went and closed today. Uh, put six figures into an oil and gas fund, um, which I run a fund now. So I've got, I've got a, um, we're on track right now. To e- it's either going to be 10 million or 20 million for our first fund. We're going to raise within the next six months and go and deploy that into fix and flip oil and gas wells and then alternative energy, um, which is like solar to basically bridge the, the goal of it really is to, to bridge private private capital into the energy sector where most people think what they're going to invest into to get passive income is only and solely real estate. Well, why would you buy a house that's on fire? Like, I don't care how much you think it might be worth. The house is lit on fire. It's about to come down. I think the market in, in real estate is about to come down. So why would I be putting my money in there? I'm not going to have a 10-year advantage at that point. I'm going to do like everything like everybody else did in 2004, 5, 6, and 7. They're going to lose all their money again. My goal is to not lose money. My goal is to help my people and my clients not lose money. So if, if I'm going to, you know, and sure, I have a portfolio in real estate, right? I have Section 8 real estate. I've got multifamily real estate. I've, I've got that. I've got Airbnbs. I've got real estate, but I'm not going and buying real estate unless it's a grand slam, not even a home run anymore. It's got to be a grand slam at this point. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I teach people how to retire in two to three years, and that's through taking the money that they're already spending and putting into passive income and, sh- and just give them an end, an, end, an end goal. Through a lot of this stuff, um, you're, you're bringing out a lot of content as well. I think uh, we, had, we had chatted also a little bit about it. You're bringing someone in to kind of help with that structure and content. I noticed, maybe I'm off in this, but it seemed like you uh, put a lot of, of in, 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 emphasis in on Instagram lately. I've noticed that uh, going back and looking at it, it looked like you kind of transitioned a little bit heavier onto Instagram than you were even on Facebook. What have you found? Is that a transition that's real or, um, you know, what, what is it? Uh, where are you at on that? So I've got within the multiple companies that I have, so I've got my coaching business that I teach people like the whole financial side, whole life success, teach them how to retire in two to four years. Um, I, and then I have my fund. So I've got my courses, my fund, my book, my workbook. I, in the door-to-door space, I'm serving the door-to-door space by teaching door-to-door people how to become a self-sustainable Golden Door award-winning sales rep, which means I'm solving companies' major issue on how do I get my people to sell more? Well, I've got a whole program that's built out on how to literally go step by step by step by step by step. 
if you follow the eight steps of a Golden Door Award winner, you have that. I just started a podcast on that. I have my first interview tomorrow or on Wednesday, rather. Um, I'm going to be interviewing only guys like the 1% of the 1% in door to door. And I'm going to ask them like, Hey, how did you get here? What's your nighttime routine? Things like that. Like, well, do you eat something different? Do you, do you, are you taking testosterone? Like, what are you taking? Like, how do you have so much energy, have a wife and have kids like how, or, or not have a wife and have, how do you travel? Like, how do you do this? So mm-hmm. that's, that's something that's really big. But then, um, the, the other side of it, I guess is, yeah, I, 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 I want like LinkedIn is for the fund. Instagram is for door-to-door. Instagram and TikTok is for door-to-door people. YouTube is the connector between Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn. So I don't want people to see Mikey as the door-to-door sales guy. I need them to see me as someone that is resilient, that is going to go and work 90 hours and is going to, is going to do, is going to run circles around them. And it's be very, very diligent about finding investments to make sure that they can get reach to help them reach their goals because door-to-door sales was just the vehicle to get there to create who I am today. So as far as Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube goes or Facebook goes, yes, I I have changed a couple of times on purpose because it was, I'm only doing like sales trainings. Now it's, I'm doing marketing trainings and now I'm doing financial, uh, giving financial information on to help people get out of debt and have a strategy. And that the, the, the glue between them is YouTube and then on the fun side. Cause whenever I go to a family, a family, a, a fun, a family, uh, uh, you know, a family office, they go, they're not gonna look at my Instagram. They're gonna look at my LinkedIn. So yeah. I have to have both now and I'm new to LinkedIn. I don't know how to, and even Twitter. I, I mean, I'm new to those. I don't post those. That's what I have a team that does that for me. That's experts in that. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. And like my YouTube is growing now too. So I, I'm trying, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I think I'm doing better. And again, I'm going to just keep knocking the door. I'm just going to keep on posting and keep on posting. And like Eric Thomas, eventually one of those things is going to take off. (laughs) You had another cool one too. Um, And I was going to talk with you a little bit about what do you think about shorts, these short videos and short form content? What do you think is going on? There's a, there's an interesting conversation that I've heard. I've had it a couple of times. It's like everybody wants to shift to this, but then they're forgetting about their core business and like all these new ways of doing business. Right. What are your thoughts on shorts and short form content? Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm literally going through this right now with my company as how, how to create likable short content, uh, short consumable content, um, and how to do that on a mass scale. So yes, absolutely. Most people are in the TikTok um, and real uh, TikTok and reels, TikTok, TikTok, TikToks, and then reels on Instagram and even shorts on YouTube. So, and you're even getting that on stories now on, um, on, uh, on Facebook as well. They're all doing it together. Now. Um, I get paid right now by Instagram to post what I post on TikTok on my, on my Instagram. So I, then I, I actually, I redirect that money back into ads. So I'm spending over $10 a day just on ads, targeted ads that are getting back in front of those things that people that have either watched my stuff or want to know about my stuff or, or whatever, or my ideal client, right? Um, as far as, and then again, my book, the whole like dopamine rush that we have, people want this short-term stuff. Um, and how, how does somebody actually practice, if somebody was trying to build a company or build and, and change or whatever, um, mm-hmm. I asked a guy, Chris Crone, I don't know if you're Chris Crone or not, but I asked him. Um, he's in, he's in a uh, hundred million dollar mastermind and Avengers mastermind. Mm-hmm. And I asked him the other day, I was like, Hey man, like I'm heading this direction. 
you know, cause most guys will go to those guys and be like, Hey man, tell me what to do. And I go, I'm not that guy. I'm, this is what I'm doing. Am I crazy for thinking that this is what I'm doing? Like, is that what you're doing too? Or am I just an idiot? Right? Cause most guys go to the like influencers like, tell me what to do. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Right. You know, like ask him differently. Right. And he was like, no, actually you're doing that and you're doing it correctly. So what Chris Crone said he does is he, he films a YouTube video and then his team cuts it up into shorts. Post it on his TikTok, post it on his reels on Instagram and post it on shorts on, on YouTube as well. Now shorts on YouTube are not working as much as what I've noticed, um, but they're, they're there. So people are viewing stuff. It helps your, helps the algorithm on YouTube as well. That's what I've heard. Um, so you do want to post on YouTube as well, but it's exact, literally the exact same thing. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, exact same thing. Like it's not that hard. You, you just do that. Like it's post, 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 post three times. Um, the only hard part about it is you can't automate it. It has to be hand done. Yeah. So here's kind of a, maybe here's a little value tip we can keep, keep here, I guess. Um, and that is that um, in the shorts, this is kind of the formula of it is basically you take maybe like 10 of those that you're going to do, print them all or shoot them all in one long format. Yeah. And then after you shoot those long formats, you send it to the editor. The, what you do is you take the, there's like, um, you can have the title, you can have a couple words for what it's going to say. And then either you want to have it dictated or you want to have it chunked by content of like something that's going to attract them like a hook or something. Right. Then um, all that they're doing is put them in a Google drive. Then after they put them in a Google drive, you go in there and then inside that Google drive, they'll give you the finals of what they are. And then you can just go in there and make your small edits. Well, that's, that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that, that's, um, and again, I'm telling you that that's literally what I'm going through right now with my team. So yeah. I've got a virtual, I've got a few virtual assistants, but I've got one of my virtual assistants that helps me with my social media posting. We use an app called Asana. Mm -hmm. And I, the goal is again, in like creating a golden door board, self-sustainable sales rep, I is taking the thought process out of your day. The same thing with any of my employees or people that work for us or whatever is my, with the one VA that does all of our social media stuff for us, I have to take the thought process out of whatever she thinks she's doing on the day. I'm going to say, you're going to do these five things in, in, in this ex exact order. So we use Asana where mm -hmm. we've got the Google drive that has, you know, the, the content, the copy, in other words, like the, the, uh, not the comment, but the, whatever that's called, I forget what it's called. Yeah. We call it a copy. So like, you know, like the description yeah. of, of the, of the video. Sure. And then we have the cover of the video. So of the reel. So we've got all three of those. Then that's in a Dropbox or in a Google drive. We use Dropbox too. Um, we actually use both, but Dropbox right now is what we've been primarily using. And then we post that, we post the Dropbox link to Asana and it's Asana and it's every other day. It's picture, real, picture, real, picture, real. So it's 30 days of content posted on there. That way she knows exactly when it's due, exactly when to post it, all that stuff. Um, the cool part, just a caveat to that, the cool yeah. part about um, Instagram is you can use Facebook creator or Facebook creator studio, I think is what it is. And you can actually go on there and you can, you can post and you can pre-post. You didn't, you didn't used to be able to do this before. I don't know if you know this. Mm -hmm. You can pre-post like hundreds of pictures. Exactly what you want them to say, the hashtags, when exactly you want to send them on Instagram and on, on Instagram and on Facebook. You can pre-post them, pre-publish them or, or publish them and, you know, get them to post in 60 days from now and, or one every single day. You schedule I'll, a calendar for it. Yeah, yeah. There's a calendar for it. Um, yeah. I didn't know that until like a couple months ago. Um, you can't do that with reels yet, but yeah, we use Asana and Asana. It's exactly the copy. And we even use that app called Spacey. I don't know if you ever use Spacey. No, I've never used Spacey. 
So Spacey, you can have it where it, when you put the copy, which is the, the, the description of the video, you can like bolden and like italicize the words to make it like look cooler or whatever. And oh, then, that's what, oh, I, okay. That's the one, so you can change them to like green and red and- Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah, okay. So it's In the comment spacey. section. Yes. Yeah, in the comment section. And then you could space all the way down. So you don't have to put like dot, 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 all the way down and then put your hashtags and then push the hashtags all the way at the bottom. And then we just copy paste that into Asana. The VA copy paste that and puts that in there. And it just copy paste right over. It works. It works really well. It takes the thought process out of it. So if you don't have a system on when to post, you'll just kind of post randomly. And you just have to post like all the time, like more content. That's my Instagram team. My, my whole media team's like, you got to post more content. And I'm like, holy shit. But I've also, Jason, been doing a lot more lives, mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if you're doing lives as much anymore, but- you know, I, I started kind of going back and doing some of them, but I've been doing them in my groups. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, okay. More, more centered. Actually, that's better. Mm -hmm. I've been doing well, uh, some way, lives. Li lives are helpful to it. It's what I've been hearing. I'm trying to do the whole Instagram and TikTok and YouTube algorithm has been being changed and ever, ch and ever changes. If you have something that says they're an expert in Instagram and YouTube, YouTube and social media, well, they're an expert maybe right now. But in a couple of days, give it a month. We were just talking changing. about that. Exactly. exactly. So you have to be ever, ever, uh, ever changing. That's what it is. I think one thing, um, I was going to kind of switch this back over because I think it was really cool. Uh, one of the things that you had talked about is you said, there's a smart Mikey and there's an action taking Mikey. And I thought that was a really cool one. If you can go over that one, I thought that was pretty cool. And you, yeah, and you had talked about like smart, it was the, the hook that caught you was like smart people get destroyed. And that was like so good because it was, it, it's not really the ant and it is, but really the hook is like, you don't have to be super smart if you take sure. action. <laughs> but I thought you'd, I'd get a little bit of that out of you because with that, it was a good little hook that you had. Yeah. Smart people versus the prolific action taker, Mikey. So um, one of our core values is to be prolific action takers. Um, the reason why is because when you're smart, you end up becoming too smart for your own good. Meaning like, the content's not good. Like, it's funny. I just hired another, another, another girl on to help me out with, a, like, as an, actually, as an executive assistant. And she was like, how many takes did it take you to do that? I was like, what do you mean? That was the first time. And she was like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, well, that's because I just do it. When I'm hot, I'm just going to start filming. Like, I don't take 17 takes to do this. I just do it because the, I think in my head, that sucked. Don't post it. And then I end up not posting stuff. So the prolific action taker, Mikey, just says, put it out there. Who cares? If they don't like it, come back tomorrow. Maybe I'm better. Right? That's so like the smart Mikey. Dude, that's really good. It's in that's the way. So true. It's in the way of my own self. And I end up not posting uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the smart person. And then there's a prolific action taker. And it's long. Yes, it's not going to be perfect every single time. But I don't. I would rather post a hundred times than post three times. That's a really good point. And I think that takes us down kind of a rabbit trail as well, is that there's this feeling of, and I've always talked about it like this, especially if you come back from a, if, if you're a little bit older and you remember the old saying of like your 15 minutes of fame yeah. or some of these older be like, oh my God, you're going to be on the news, you know? And so what happens <laughs> is people kind of all of a sudden have to have that persona that it's the one time they're going to be in front of something and the hard thing to share. And I've had to deal with this. I'm sure you have too, but it's that exact thing where you just said, screw it. I'm just going to 
just going to post it and keep going because you will, um, by paralysis, you will never stop. It's like a loop. It's like a loop. You'll create it, not good enough, create it. I don't know what the number was. It was almost like kids. The number was like, they, they'll take 16 pictures until they decide which one that they'll actually post. Or so I don't remember what the number was, but it was something outrageous. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that you never really stop. <laughs> you just always have to kind of get over that hump. I don't think it, I don't think it goes away. And that's something that I'm planning on potentially talking about in the next book is that we're obsessed with like, we're, OC, we're getting more OCD and it's becoming a problem where it's taking the creativity out of it. Cause like we think that, which then leads to then more higher levels of suicide. And uh, which is the problem because if, I mean, we all, we all know it's a problem, but no one's really talking about the solution. And I'm like, okay, I can keep talking about this or I can attempt to start the conversation of the solution. I'm not saying there's not people talking about the solution. There is. But mm-hmm. in my sphere of influence, I don't think people are talking about the problem of suicide. Um, so, yeah, if, if, if we keep going down this, like, I, I appear on social media, I'm perfect on social media, the picture's not perfect, take it down, I didn't get enough likes, whatever. Like, if we're getting, in other words, our value from what people view on Instagram or on YouTube or on TikTok, like it's all of a sudden, it's like this, what the old school used to be of, I've got an 800 credit score. I'm a value. Well, your 800 credit score might be great, but can you get a 600,000, 700,000, $6 million loan? Like credit worthiness and credit score is completely different. You know, social presence and, and social credibility is something that's completely different, right? So, mm-hmm. You know, it's going down that rabbit hole. It, it's it's hard to see that uh, our suicide rates are not are going higher. You know, divorce rates are going higher, and people are not talking about how to solve that. And I'm not saying that divorce is you know inherently evil. I, I know that it destroys people's lives. I'm a, I'm a product of a divorce. My family got divorced, but I just want to have the conversation, man. Like I just want to be like, hey, how can how can we maybe not destroy another? son and daughter's life, you know, and, and most people, unfortunately, they don't make it out of that. Like if, mm-hmm. if, if you see the correlation there, and again, I'm not saying that neither is, you know, I don't think, obviously, I think it's the most selfish thing to do is take some, take your life because like, you know, then your mom and dad have to live without your brothers and sisters, your wife, your uncle, whatever. You know, Reeves had a really good statement. He was on a show or something and um, maybe Stephen Colbert or something. He just said, you know, what do you think about death? And his statement was, I don't really know, but I do know there's going to be a lot of people that miss you. I was like, oh, that, well, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. Because that was so good, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, in this conversation, and I think it's a great conversation to have in the entrepreneurial space because we are all so different. And a lot of times entrepreneurs really think because it's not getting done now or it's not solved by the next day that you are still in the game of entrepreneurship. And so to kind of level that playing field and have these skill sets like you that you bring to the table, it really mitigates a lot of that. Yeah. And I like to actually do it through some of it is through our movement, through, through strength. You know, it's like we, we are as a society, we're just losing our actual physical strength. Yes. You know, and I think it was really cool. I'll, I'll share something cool with you. And, and this is a testament to, to Mikey's focus. Mikey and I have become friends and it's been a lot of fun too. And I'm sure he'll be a, 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 a continual guest here. But I remember when you and I met, we actually met at, a, um, at an event 
Oh. And um, I walked up to you and I was sharing with you kind of, we were just shooting shit. And I was like, yeah, man, I got this move 30 thing. And at the time, you know, we were talking and I thought it was so cool. Cause I was like, Hey, I'll share it. Maybe you'll do it. I remember your statement. It was so cool. Cause you said, you know what? I got to be really careful with what I focus on. And it was so cool because we kept a relationship. Then, you know, we obviously, I just got to share with you a little bit ago, but the moment that you would, you would said to me, you were like, this is really cool, but I have to focus on this right now, or I'll lose myself showed to me how much discipline that you were fighting of just being a normal human as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And so it was really, it was respectable is what I wanted to share with you because it was a cool moment of like, yeah, that's really cool because I don't know, maybe I tried to sell it, but on the same note, it was more or less like you pull back knowing exactly what your focus was. And, and how did you get yourself to be able to do that in that discipline? What are some things that in your business model that, that allowed you to kind of make that decision? Um, that what I was doing wasn't working? No, that you would push things away. Most people don't have the ability to say that. Like, hey, this is really cool. I actually really like it. But what you did in our conversation was I can't do it even though we were having a great conversation about it, it wasn't like you were telling me no, it was you just had a really good way of just saying, look, man, this is awesome, but I can't focus. I got to focus on this right now. And I thought it was just those moments of people don't do that. I think that that had to go from stems from it, my like, how do you say it? My risk tolerance in investing um, with the ability, and I don't want this kind of sounds weird, but like with my ability to say no to drugs, no to pornography, no to women, when they throw themselves at me growing up, like having the ability, the power of no is, is so much more respectable and underutilized. It's a superpower. If you can say no, you're going to get so much further because otherwise, especially in investing, like then every, every, cryptocurrency that looks like it's going to pop that then becomes a rug pull, you know, uh, yeah. opportunity is going to be great. Then you'll never, I, I just wanted to stick to my standards, but people mm. don't build a standard and that's why they invest into whatever. Like I didn't invest in the GameStop because that wasn't my standard. I didn't, even though I knew, I literally knew I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, this is going to make me probably 10 to 20 grand right now if I really did this. But I was like, okay, it's not, it's not in my investment strategy. So what are you going to do? You know, I, 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 I kind of took like the Ed Milet, like if I wanted to be more credible to myself, I need to stop lying to myself. Like when no one's mm. looking, am I going into my cabinet and eating the gummy bears or like the cookies or whatever, you know, when nobody's here, well, you don't see that. Well, you can see, I can see it when my shirt's off, if that's the case, right? Um, and and it, it's just that built resilience and built discipline that people are not able to say no. Um, you know, I, I knew at the time it wasn't for me, but guess what? Yeah. I did it probably two, three months after that. I was like, hey, I'm ready now. Can I help? Can you send it to me? How do I buy? Where's my, where do I swipe my card at? I need it now. Um, <laughs> and I, cause I, I just, I knew at that time it wasn't, um, but yeah, I mean, I archive things. A lot of cool things I hear at masterminds are really, really good. But at the time, I didn't need them, so I, I kept them in cool ideas. And I have a cool, like, I have a cool ideas and archive Swipe file. Yeah, yeah, I have a cool ideas section 
Um, and uh, every once in a while, I go back through and visit them. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a really cool idea. We should probably implement that now that we actually have a... Another thing too about relationships and for anybody that's like watching, I was trying to basically set the stage for watching an example of somebody that made a decision to say no. But the cool thing is if the way you even did it was so good that actually pressed us to have a relationship beyond the podcast wise, you know, we did the move 30, you know, we're talking about some other stuff. And so I think that the thing that I wanted to point out was that whole entire scenario didn't really even go that one direction, but it created relationships that you and I are talking about other stuff now. And I think that's really what business is kind of going back to, well, what's the current value that we can do with each other inside of my sphere of yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's really the other cool. thing. That's the other thing. It's like, how, how can I help you and how can I serve you? I might not be able, I might not be able to do this, but I might be able to connect you with this person. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's always just trying to serve people. Dude, serve and not be served. Mikey, you always crush it on the podcast. You will be a regular brother. Let them know where they can find you and let them know what they can do for you or what yeah. you can do for them is a better one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, my stuff, uh, my, my ideal client is a, is a male millennial wanting to understand money and life. Um, somebody that's looking to be that one for the family to have and help and create an inheritance for their children's children. Um, you can find me through Instagram at Mikey Lucas, M-I-K-E-Y-L-U-C-A-S. Facebook, same thing, Mikey Lucas. Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter, as well as YouTube, Mikey Lucas. You can also go to MikeyLucas.com and see all my stuff there as well. I got a lot of free stuff that's on there. Um, all my coaching stuff there. Everything, you know, I give a lot of just free stuff out, free courses, everything, just to help people with their, with their money. Because I think money helps alleviate family problems. Mikey Lucas, I'm a fan, brother. Anybody that's looking for you, please contact an amazing guy. And most of the time at the very end of our episode, I go back and try to tell everybody to go see a different guest. But be because today was your second day, go and listen to Mikey Lucas's other episode that we have on Moved. It was amazing as well. Thanks a lot, brother, for being a guest on the Entrepreneur Evolve podcast, dude. Thanks again. Thank you, brother. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.